You're listening to What the Hell is Michael Jammin Talking About? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about creativity, I'm talking about writing, and I'm talking about reinventing yourself through the arts. Okay, hey everyone, it's Michael Jammin. Welcome to the Michael Jammin Jam. Today I'm jamming with Mr. Scott Reeder, and uh, who the hell is he? I'll tell you who he is. This guy is a prop master on on a bunch of movies and TV shows, and I, I I don't know him personally, but I've been following him for a very long time, and he's actually a, also a TikToker. So Scott, what I'm taught, want to talk? I'm so inspired by what you do, and I'm opening up my podcast. I'm kind of I'm spending the next couple of um, sessions talking to talking. I usually talk about screenwriters and. And I interview TV writers and people like that. But I also want to open up to people who are doing interesting, creative things, you know, on social media. And, and you are for sure one of them. So thank you for coming on my show, dude. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm <laughs> excited. I'm excited, too, because, you know, I've worked, obviously, with a lot of prop masters. And, and you post a lot on social media. And honestly, I don't know 99% of what you do. I'm like, oh, that's how they do it. I, I have no idea because you guys are magicians because uh, to be truthful, I'm not supposed to notice what you guys do. It's, that's the whole point. When you bring a prop on set, I'm not supposed to see if it's a gag or a gimmick or anything. It's supposed to look real. So I just said, oh, it must be real. <laughs> you know, so you're and you yeah. expose on your TikTok channel how all this is done. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. All you know, everything you put out. Well, it's it's the look. Uh, it could be it could be a scene in a burger joint. Uh, with, with a guy taking one bite out of a burger, and I, I would have to have like thirty hamburgers. So it's, it's those yeah. little things no one thinks about. It's yeah. but there's also there's also a crossover. A lot of people don't think about is what you do, what set decoration does. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole there's a whole like okay, for example, if if you have a, a scene and the horse is on set, and a horse takes a dump, that set deck, or is that props? You know, nowadays, I believe the uh, the animal wrangler would probably do it, you know, and but there's arguing I, over set over who's going to mm-hmm. do. That, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's always. Well, I mean, not always arguing, but what I try to do is when I do my breakdown of a script mm-hmm. is, you know, make contact with everyone involved and with every gag or every every scene and make sure okay am i doing this or you and i right. typically what i say i'll it up to them and say do you want me to do this i'm totally cool doing it yeah right. and that's the way i'm not coming off like like i'm trying to right it off not keep your hand but now how did you get in because you've done so I'll, i mean i should run through some of your credits because i'll just go through a, you pitch perfect uh walker texas ranger machete 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 uh you've done some great uh, mm-hmm. you've got some, uh, the list goes on and on. How did you get into this and, and why? Well, I always wanted to work in, uh, media and communications of, of, of some sort. Um, oh gosh, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, I was going to the university of North Texas in 1988, 89, and right. there happened to be a movie filming in town. It was called daddy's dying. Who's got the will written by a playwright named Dale Shores. Okay. It starred Bo Bridges, Beverly D'Angelo. And uh, I found out that they were filming at a hospital. Uh, I just uh, showed up. But yeah, I just started uh, picking up trash on set and uh, you know, working as the lowest rung non-paid production assistant. Uh, it was, you know, like it was 1989, so it was a long time ago. And uh-huh. uh, then uh, I just, you know, it's all about networking. It's all about kind of getting your foot in the door. Then I interned at a, uh, fil- at the, 
Texas Film North Texas Film Commission to that which was great because we get scripts from producers because they wanted uh and, and I got to read them early on in the process because I was the guy that would go out and take pictures of it mm. could be a prison uh or restaurants just locations to try to draw producers into to our neck of the woods and uh yeah so that's how i kind of got my start but so tell me when you start doing props and you have to make you know whatever puke or uh, you you come up with all sorts of inventive ways especially with food to make something look so it doesn't melt or it doesn't go bad or you did you did something with a stick of butter yesterday you had fake butter so it doesn't melt on set how do you come up with this how do you like you're like a magician how do you come up with these you're basically you're an inventor how do you invent all these things to make it look like butter or whatever well we just um we break down the script we come up with we get with uh you know we every every episode will you know have as you know you have a director's meeting and typically the the writers are involved on that mm -hmm. uh and all the, the concept meeting and uh then i know what what they're expecting uh of me and i'll go from there and i'll just call around you know i've got a lot of connections a lot of friends that uh have, have if i haven't jumped that particular hurdle um uh -huh. i have friends that have so um that's just kind of how we really so it's okay so it's word about it how out. do you so that, that's how you do it then if you if you i were in, if i were in la i would be hiring a a, a food stylist uh -huh. but there's not enough uh like there may be there are some commercial food stylists in Dallas. Uh -huh. I'm in Austin. There there really aren't many people here for that. So we have to really up our food game as prop prop master and, and assistant prop master and prop assistant. And then how do you so because we were talking earlier, you're based out of Austin, and you know I was like I just assumed so all your work is basically local, and you get enough work locally. I I work locally when I can. What is that? Is that most of the time? Though, and, isn't it? Uh, but occasionally I'll have to travel. Occasionally, right? Um, yeah, like I did. Um, I did Nosferatu for AMC in Rhode Island. Uh -huh. And uh, so when things get slow here in town, um, I'll travel on. I did a movie in Mississippi in 2019. And how do you get most of your work? You uh, don't. Have, you don't have an pilot. agent getting you work, do you? No. It's no. just word of it's mouth. just uh it's just relationships I built with producers and word of mouth. Right. So how mm -hmm. does that work basically when it's like how do you know when it's time to uh oh I got there's nothing going on in Austin like how do you give it a couple of weeks a couple of months what do you do? Typically I hopefully I have a job lined up okay. and um, if uh, you know we we try to plan a few months ahead if not you know it's just kind of wait around now what i do uh michael is i'll fill in as art director on commercials oh really so okay. that's um uh, that i'm actually I've, i'm lined up for one starting next week uh and i haven't been that fortunate with commercials through the strike because it, when uh when the actors went on strike even though Companies can still make commercials. They're they're just they're holding back on their campaigns right now. Why is that? So I I don't know, but there's no definitely there's definitely been a slowdown. Now part of that could be could be the Texas heat. I don't know, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it's definitely slower than normal. Um, but yes, I would uh, you know try to line jobs up ahead of time. I'll call around, let some people know that I'm 
uh, available. But a lot of people know that know me will say, oh, Scott shows is ending soon. I'll give him a call. That sort of thing. Do you it's, prefer very, to, it's a very small community. <laughs> I bet. Do you prefer to work in TV or film? You know, my bread and butter has been television. Uh, oh. I like both. I've, I've, uh, if I've got to go through a full season of uh, television uh, and I have enough time between seasons oh. or it's uh, the or picture wrap of a show, um, I like filling in with features. They're, what what is the difference for, for you between the two? It's a it's a it's a big difference. It's not it doesn't new, move nearly as fast. Yeah, right. Um, you're, you're really, not doing you, as many pages a day. Correct. You might right. do two or you might do two or three pages a day. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's just a whole different uh, animal, really. It's um, when if I'm doing a television show, I'm not on set as much because I'm in perpetual prep. Okay. I'm always I'm I'm always working on the next script. Yeah. And uh, if it's a feature, I will have prepped it ahead of time and I'm on set and I, I'm more hands on with right. uh, at, at, you know, at camera and whatnot. And how much I like that. I like that part of it. People don't realize that when a prop is required on set, you will have backups and backups for the backups, because that's the worst thing that has happened. If something goes wrong, <laughs> you're the one gets yelled at. <laughs> oh, correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's we always try to have multiples. Now there are those items that are one of a kind, and you just gotta you know cross your fingers, pray, and mm -hmm. uh, let everyone know, hey, this is the old. Don't play with this between takes. It's the only one we got. But right. that's rare. We we typically have, uh, you know, multiples of everything. How, and how many multiples scenes, is enough? Do you think? Yeah, it just depends on the scene. You know, okay. I, I I like to have uh, at least you know bare minimum two. Um, if uh -huh. it's an item that's involved in a stunt, you want to have four. Um, food scenes are crazy because it's hard to determine because uh, a lot of times the actor might improvise and eat yeah. a lot more than you think. Yeah. So I always you always go go overboard on food scenes. But they give you a budget. They also, I mean, they also say you mm -hmm. can't. You, they don't want you to waste. You know, how do you know? How, they don't want you to come up with too much because then, then they're paying for that. Yeah, well, we, you know, the the first couple, if we're talking about television, the first couple episodes uh -huh. uh, are when you kind of feel it out. You'll per buy heavier. Yeah. And then my, assist my assistant will call and say, hey, you got way too much last time. Dial it back, uh, you know, this this particular director. And we get to where we know the how the directors work. You'll right. have one director that likes, that'll do six takes, another director that's two and two and right. moving on. So right. you get to where you understand the personalities of everybody and how they work and how they operate. Well, this 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 particular person, you know, the last food scene, they went through a lot. So we'll get a lot. Now, do you, you prefer know? low budget or high budget or does that not make a difference? Too? Well, I prefer uh, a, a bigger budget. Really? To be honest. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of times if you're working on a no budget of. Uh, a no budget feature mm -hmm. um or a like a really ultra basic cable yeah uh show i'm not gonna not gonna name names but um you know it's it's they give you a they literally give you pennies and right. you're you're trying it's just so much harder to uh when you could just go buy something than yeah. have to 
scrounge it or uh, limit your amount of takes because of the budget that or uh, limited amount of props you have for a take. Now you here know. in LA, there's tons of prop houses. I mean, I, what do you do when you're shooting in an area that doesn't have prop houses? Does Austin well, I, have any good prop well, houses? What, what you do, what you do is you open up a prop house. That's what I did. I uh, 20 years ago, I opened up a little prop shop. It's not uh, near the scale of uh, the Los Angeles prop houses, uh -huh. but I have a little bit of everything. You know, it's kind and, of the, the you, Noah's Ark. So you—that's uh, amazing. So it's just a warehouse, and you rent out to other prop masters, not just yourself, but to other productions. Correct. Wow. Yeah. And, and I actually rent all over the country. I just had a bunch of stuff come back from uh, the Kevin Costner movie uh, uh, that was shooting in Utah. Do you? Because there's, uh, there's one prop house that's going out of business in LA. They're having a fire sale, and I'm like, don't get rid of that. Like it, it, that stuff is important. <laughs> well, hopefully, one of the other uh, either History for Hire or Independent Studio Services or Hand Prop Room will go in and and get some of that stuff and so do you specialize your prop has specialized in something no not really I, I have a little bit of everything i've got occupational props props a little bit of old west uh -huh. um some period stuff um i've got uh police gear um lots of military right um you know i i try to keep things that you can't find at walmart you know basically right or else the the you know, the set decorator will just go to Walmart typically. Uh, so I'll, I'll it's I specialize in harder to find things. Is that something most do most prop or many prop masters have their own prop houses, or is that something just not not really? No, uh -huh. um, I was just the first to open one here. I think uh, a lot of people will have uh, prop trucks that they'll keep their kit on, and they'll have a general assemblage. Of uh, -huh. uh props that they'll stock props that they'll bring to every movie. Right. And uh and they'll leave a portion of their truck empty for the hero props that they'll bring on. Right. Uh some I'm sure some have uh storage rooms, you know, storage facilities somewhere right. where they store things, you know. Well but, this ex this explains to me, because you're it seems like a very entrepreneurial in spirit, which explains to me, or maybe it doesn't, but how you got how you started on this TikTok journey that you've been on because this is very interesting what you do well it's totally accidental my uh, during the the early days of the pandemic um my daughter was you know scrolling on tiktok she's uh -huh. she was 17 at the time and uh and she's laughing at some videos so i'm like what you laughing at you know that sort of thing so i so i downloaded it and i saw some some uh people attempting to tell dad jokes and I'm right. thinking, well, you know, I can do that. You, and you can, and, you're good at it. Yeah. And, and uh, with, with some that I'd written or taking really old jokes and, you know, adding punchlines to them, it was just fun. It was a fun hobby during that time where there was no, where the right. whole industry was shut down. And uh, uh, I got back on the Amazon show that I was on mm -hmm. uh, called panic and my one of my assistants, I can't remember which one it was, but they said, "Hey, man, what we do is interesting. What if you like work in some prop stuff? Yeah, it might be interesting." So I was very careful because you you want to be careful not to interfere with any NDA you may have signed. So uh -huh. I just kept thing things uh, up up in the lockup 
I didn't go out on set. I just started, you know, here's a breakaway beer bottle. This right. is what it's made out of. And this is how we safely break it. But right. yeah. yeah. And that's how it started. Just breaking crap on my head. And, um, and it just went from there. Of course, of course, mm -hmm. the one that took off was silent props, which was pool balls. Uh, and I had, of course, I thought everybody did this, but apparently not. No, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't I aware of that. Masters. Go on, uh, yeah. Because well, they, they were I'll, painted. Right. I'll explain just for people listening. So when you have a scene on a pool table you, in the background, you don't want to hear the clinking of the balls. So you use you don't use pool balls. Instead, you use painted racket balls. Painted racket balls, and they're about the same yeah. size. Exactly. Yeah. And is Those, this something that all right. prop masters know, or did you just figure this out? Well, it's, it was uh, accidental um, back way back on uh, Necessary Roughness, the original, uh -huh. like back early 90s football movie. We had a bar scene and for stunts, we painted racquetballs. Uh, we had a football player landing on a pool table. Right? right. So we had all these painted racquetballs. But, well, we realized, oh, they don't make noise. So that's that's helpful, too. So that's kind of how it started. It was yeah, uh, because started people out don't, as a stunt prop. People don't realize when you shoot a movie or a TV show, you don't want noise in the background. So you'll later in post put in that noise. You, this, the set is quiet. <laughs> and then you wind up putting yes. in the noise for some reason. Like it, 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 it seems so silly, oh, the, but that's how it works. The sound, the sound mixer, Michael, I don't know if you, uh, you probably know this, but if we're going filming in a kitchen or especially uh -huh. in an industrial kitchen, like at a, in a restaurant, um, like, I don't know how the people on the bear do it because they, they you got to go in and unplug everything. You got to unplug yeah. anything that has a compressor. Right. And, Cause it might and, make noise. Uh, right. Or a which has boned me, it, which has boned me a few times because I have stuff stored in a refrigerator and the sound mm -hmm. mixer's like, Oh, we got to unplug that. And I'm like, mm -hmm. God. <laughs> yeah. Right. So now you got to be but, a backup fridge. Right. But everything shoes, you got to, uh, the, the sound sound mixer has what they call moleskin and they'll put it on the bottom of people's shoes. Yep. They'll, uh, yeah. What else? There's all kinds of stuff. I had, I, I spoiled, I spoiled the, the crew of the show that I've been working on. Um, because once they saw my videos, they were uh -huh. like, well, well, do you have silent ping pong balls? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I can figure it out. It, well, all right. Because so what, we, what's the a silent ping pong ball made out of? I just found foam balls on uh, Amazon and painted them. But they don't. It was that simple. I just thing. measured the paint, them. But the paint has to, it has to have a sheen. It can't just look crappy. It really has to look real. Yeah. Well, ping pong balls are kind of a, like more satin. They're not like, uh -huh. they're not glossy. Right. So you just uh, do a, just a satin gloss on them. Uh, you know, once you put your paint on and uh, yeah, it, they they turned out pretty good. That's amazing. And uh, but yeah, the first video I did, we're talking, mm -hmm. it was a 2020. Um, I had I had garnered about a hundred thousand followers on TikTok strictly on dad jokes, uh -huh. and then I did this one video with the silent pool balls and then silent grocery bags because grocery bags yes. are a big deal. You know how noisy yeah. paper grocery bags are. Yeah. And, and then I, I, and I kind of, I came up with this joke, like as I was filming uh -huh. and I was like, should I do this joke? 
And it was at the end of it, I took the pool balls and put it in the paper, put them in the paper sack and said, and now the sound man is not annoyed with my ball sack. Right. That was the joke. And, and <laughs> I, uh, I filmed it and I'm like, should I leave the joke in? What I just, I was really torn. I was like, yeah, I'll leave the joke. And I, I signed off my phone. I got in my car. I had about a 30 minute drive home. And I stopped at a convenience store and looked at my phone yeah. and it was already up to, I mean, we're talking in half an hour, it had like 20,000 likes right? and it, it was insane. That one went up, that one got over 12 million views. That's and like, uh, that's really a lot. And did it make you nervous when it first happened? Oh yes. Okay. Let's talk yeah. about why. Well, the, the thing is I'm not, uh, I've never been social media savvy. I've never mm. been that dialed into it. Um, I did have an Instagram account, but I maybe had a hundred followers. Right. And somebody at work said, Hey, Hey Scott, when are you, when are you going to post on Instagram? I was like, well, I don't know. My hands are full with TikTok." And they were like, well, dude, how did you get so many followers? And I looked at Instagram and it was at like 10,000. Yeah. I was like, oh, geez. So I've, I've been kind of, uh, kind of forced into <laughs> branching out to other platforms when I've already kind of got my hands full because all this, I'd say 75% of my content has been done while I'm also pulling a 12 hour day on a TV show. Yeah. So it's been, it's, it's a lot. Know, that, people, people don't realize it's a lot because you, but well, there's a lot to talk about here. I'm very interested because. First of all, you have something like 1.7, I think, million followers on TikTok, which is huge. And this is only two, what, how many, two or three years you're doing this? May of 2000, uh, May, May of 2020 is when okay. I started, but I started slow, slow and then got into, then I guess it would be, I'd say July of 2020 is where I started, right. really started picking up. So, yeah. Uh, but why did years. it make you nervous when you started going viral? Um well, part of it, because I felt like a little bit of imposter syndrome, like, well, what <laughs> I, I, how do I, I don't really deserve these accolades because I'm uh -huh. just doing, I'm just not, I'm not doing anything that great. I didn't think. Right. And, uh, and I was like, well, how can I keep this up? You know, is there, I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. Um, yes. But I, I've been able to just, I just keep going. I always and, come up with something. You, right. And you, you post, do you have, what's the agreement you made with yourself? How many times a week do you post? I try to post at least four times a week. Okay. I, I can't knock. I, I, I wish I'm one of those. I, I can't get early on. I was doing two a day, but it was just burning yeah. me out. And I'm also trying to, you know, do stuff for YouTube and whatnot. So it's just separate, know. different content for YouTube. No, it's it's the same, but I'm trying to do, get uh, filtering and trying to work on some long form as well. Right. Um, and uh, but yeah, then YouTube. But like I said, I always feel like I get forced into other platforms. I found out in early 2021, um, there was a YouTube page they had. Mm -hmm. 90,000 subscribers. Yeah. It was called the prop master. It was my profile picture and 40 of my videos. Oh, you're kidding. What'd you do? I went and I did like copyright claim on every, I stayed up all night 
copyright claiming every video. How did you uh, prove hired, it? How did you prove it? I, I just I sent links to my uh, to my account because I was that for that that was they were just taking them off of TikTok. Yeah. So I sent links to my TikTok. And I then sent direct links so they could I, easily see the date because it's dated. I cut you off. Did were you about to say you you hired a lawyer? I hired a lawyer uh, just in case, but luckily the the person ceased and desist. They you know they immediately wow. uh, pulled it, all the videos down, changed the name of the channel. I mean they did walk away. What's that? I'm sorry, I cut you off. They walked away with what? They walked away with all the subscribers. There's no way to get those subscribers back, which really pissed me off. What was the name <laughs> of the page, though? Were they using your name? No, they weren't. It was just called The Prop Master, but they, but it was my profile picture of off of TikTok, and it was all my videos. And how so, did they find how, – how did you find them, discover them? You know something? Um, there's another creator named Garden Marcus. Uh-huh. Um, he's on – He's he's a gardener uh, on TikTok, and his uh, manager reached out to me and said, "Hey, this person has been faking, didn't made a fake account on YouTube." So they reached out to me to warn me because they said it looks like this guy's mm -hmm. doing your content too. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my content, and I know you do because you're listening to me, I will email it to you for free. Just join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos of the week. These are for writers, actors, creative types, people like you. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you. And the price is free. You got no excuse. To join, go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. And now back to what the hell is Michael Jammin talking about? This happens to me all the time. Where it, Not on YouTube, but... You must have them too. You have fake accounts with your profile picture. They spell your name wrong with one letter and mm -hmm. they're just trying to scam people, I guess. I'm not sure what the point is. I don't know. But yeah, there's, I bet there's six or eight on TikTok. Um, it happened to me again just about, uh, I found out about it three weeks ago on Facebook because I never have had, I've, like I said, I've always had my hands full with Instagram and yeah. you know, TikTok and YouTube. And I always keep saying, well, I'm going to eventually branch out. I had made a, uh, a Facebook, a Scott Prop and Roll Facebook page mm -hmm. um, and posted some videos back in 2022. I didn't, uh, I, but I didn't get any views. So I just kind of, I gave up on it. Um, and then I found out, I looked and this, I just happened upon it. I just did a, a search. Uh -huh. uh, to see if there were any fake accounts on Facebook. And sure enough, this person made a Facebook page, said Scott Prop and Roll, spelled exactly the same. Right. Uh, they've got 69, now, now 70,000 followers. Uh, so I always take that as a challenge. I'm like, okay, well, boom, I'm going to start posting my videos. Right. And, uh, and of course, then you get, you know, you get little let down because they don't get any views and then <laughs> but it's the same thing as with youtube same exact thing with the algorithm it's like you post about 20 videos and you got nothing and a few weeks later things start kicking in yeah and so i've i've played massive catch up i haven't quite caught up with the fake me but i'm close so the fake me is at seventy thousand. i just hit sixty thousand. but are you going to try to take down the fake account on Facebook, I did. I report. I reported it, and they came back with, uh, uh, "We can't take down fan pages." 
So I've just got to keep at it. You know, they, but it's not a fan page though. No, it's not. It's it's definitely not. It's, it's how called my, this is. Michael. My mom was following the fake. <laughs> True. Now, people don't realize the amount of work that goes into this. I, the night before, I try to post five times a week. The night before, I'm like, oh crap, what am I going to talk about tomorrow? Like, are, do you get the same thing? How much thought goes into the the night before? Well, what I try to, I just kind of have a list anytime okay. I get an idea because I'm real bad of like about not writing stuff down, but I've gotten a lot better, especially yeah. with t- with doing content is I just keep a running list and I'll go uh, and I'll the night before I'll look at that list. And uh, if I haven't already fleshed it out already, and then I'll. And how is it? The thing is, your content is very family friendly. What you do is very interesting. It's like I said, it's like watching a magician. And yet I, I can't imagine why someone would troll you. And yet I'm certain people troll you because they just people are jerks. Or, or do they not? You know, I, I've been really lucky. It uh-huh. hasn't been that bad. Yeah, there have been the occasional. And typically it's like if someone gets mad at me about something, which I really don't give people much reason to be mad right, at me. Right. The first thing that they said is they call me old man. <laughs> it's like whatever that's that's like the it's like okay now yeah. what yeah <laughs> i'm an old man on tiktok that probably has more followers than you know <laughs> it's what i'm thinking in my head but i never say it <laughs> right you don't so you don't respond in any way to these people i do not i do not i watched way too many people respond mm-hmm. you know some there are some accounts out there that are more kind of vloggy and they they eat that up that yeah. that gives them content. Right. It's like if someone says something snarky yeah. to them, they jump on it and like they'll they'll make six different videos about a guy right. that talked bad to them, you know. And uh it's uh yeah, I, that's just not not my not so my do, style. Do you engage with the you must have super fans too. Do you engage with them? Yeah, I try to. Okay. Yeah. You like a little so if every comment or some comments because it can be overwhelming. You have a huge following. Well, I'll try. I'll, I will uh, keep my eyeballs on the comments on a video for a few days. But uh-huh. I, yeah, you can't keep up with it. Yeah, it's uh, you know once once it's been posted over a week, I kind of okay. Let but it you go do try I to respond. It. See, I part do. of part that's that's something I, I I'm I, I'm troubled with is like, you know, then I, then I'm and then I'm spending way too much time on the app. The problem is and i appreciate all the kind comments but i'm like wow, how much time am i going to spend on this thing you know mm-hmm. now yeah are, are you monetizing any of this you know i've recently been trying with the the tiktok beta have you done no, the I creativity I, beta i haven't so what does that do what is that that's been the best thing it's the most profitable because tiktok i was on the since 2020 mm-hmm. on the creator was the standard creator plan right and uh it's it's more like the the if you do a 61 second or more video yeah the payoff is 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 almost like a youtube long form it's really good so you are actually okay because i was i haven't done it yet and i was i thought they might actually decrease my reach if they have to pay you i thought i want my mind is they might punish you to be honest my reach went up on the longer videos how long do you usually um, go? What's that? A long when you say longer, longer than what? Like three minutes or four minutes? What do you No, I do sixty-one seconds. 
Oh, that's that's long to you is 61 seconds? Well, yeah. I mean, that's long to them. That, uh-huh. As long as you do over 60 seconds, okay. Okay. it's a whole different payment structure. It's, you know, it, it ranges anywhere from uh, 70 cents per thousand to a dollar 16 per thousand views. So that adds up. It adds up. Right. So you, so you're not doing this for the money, but it's nice to get the money. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Especially right. in, during a strike. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, for sure. But, but it's okay. So it's significant now. Uh, <clears throat> But now, was there a moment, though, when you just wanted to stop or quit or, you know? Well, there are times where I feel burnt out. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but Doing I've it. always just kind of kept kept grinding. Have you, know. have you what what are like what have been some surprising advantages that have come from this that you would not have guessed? Yeah, Michael, number one, I want to say you've had the best questions out of any podcast I've been on this. Uh, really you really you really do you really i really thank you um (laughs) so uh the really the coolest thing to come out of it is uh okay i hate to do this i gotta go back a little bit the um i was worried when i first started doing these videos that other prop masters in los angeles would think who does this guy think he is telling them how we do our job yes Uh, so i was worried so I was kind of waiting to see if there was going to be any backlash. Well, uh-huh. I got a call from a prop master named Peter Clark. Uh-huh. And he said, Hey man, I just want to let you know, I've been watching your videos and I'm learning from your videos. And I really want to tell you, I appreciate what you're doing. And, and then this is, this is a word respected like, prop master that, that you looked up to. Yes. Wow. Go on. Yes. Yeah. Go on. I cut you off. So I'm and sorry. Then, so and then questions. I got other. Then I got other calls, uh, stating the same thing. Then next thing, I was invited to be a founding member of the, the Property Masters Guild, which it's similar to. It's not a labor union. It's a. Right. Um, it's it's similar to the Art Directors Guild or the Set Decorators Association, something like that. Right. But there had never been one, and uh, and I came in before before we opened the doors so to the guild and here i am a, a guy in texas on uh the uh, a founding group of uh prop masters and you know it was isn't that amazing uh, so it, it was it was a, truly a pinnacle of my career really being you know it's just the biggest honor is have being having other prop masters that uh, I've been idolizing for years. Um, I just went to LA Uh in July. Um, uh, So because of the writer's strike, all the prop trucks were parked at independent studio services, which is like the biggest prop house in LA. Uh And so I flew out for the, we were going to have a tailgate party. Okay. And uh, every prop master, I mean, just any, if there was a, if, there was a, if you were a prop master and you were in LA, you were at this yeah pl- at this party, and we have prop masters coming in from Canada, uh-huh. uh, all over the place, and uh, it was the funnest event. It was it was just absolutely amazing. But I got to meet the guy that prop mastered. Uh, Patton was there. All these retired prop masters were there. The guy that uh, that was Dennis uh, Dennis Parrish. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, who was also the founder of one of the big prop houses? Um, uh, 
Bill Petrada, who did Starship Troopers, you know, well, right. the movie's going way back, but uh, yeah. So you, you must have been a little bit of a celebrity there. They must have, everyone recognized you. It was a little, a little weird, but <laughs> I feel like I've gotten used to, yeah, it's gotten used to that. And so you were worried at first of being judged. And then, of course, that's not, I mean, that's just a lesson in and of itself. Everyone's worried yes. about being judged, about being an imposter. And that, that's not what happened. And, but to be fair, to be fair, you were standing here, staying in your lane. You know, this is what you know, and you're talking about what you know, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah. it, it's kind of like this unfounded yeah. fear. You're, you, didn't have, you didn't need to be worried. But, but, yeah. but tell me how, tell me about like what happens to you. Cause it's a little bit the same thing when I'm walking on strike at the picket line, at the writer's strike. You know, I get I get recognized. Like, where else would I be? Where else would I get recognized if not on a picket line at a, on the writer strike? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's where I would. Yeah. So it is a little. Mm-hmm. What happens to you when people? And, but you must. You have a huge following. You must get recognized outside of these circles as well. You might maybe at the supermarket or wherever. I have. It's 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 it's. I haven't gotten used to it. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, uh-huh. but occasionally. And then, yeah. how do you? How do you? What's your What's your way of handling this? Well, typically they just say, "Hey, can I get a selfie?" and I'll take a picture with them, and that's <laughs> it. You know, okay. thanks okay. for watching my videos. You know, right? How um, funny! Yeah, it's it's, it's really crazy. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a trip because yeah, you're you're in their lives every day. They see you every day, and you're somebody special to them. You know, and you are. You're making them laugh in sixty-one second in- increments so that you can get your payout. Now I know when I watch your videos that I will never see one that's 59 seconds. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're true, not anymore. You'll stretch that to 61 to get your payday. I will. Um, I will. I went back and I posted a, an old video that I'd done. Uh, that I thought, you know, I bet there's probably a lot of my followers that haven't seen it. Yeah. And it was 59. It was 59 seconds. Mm-hmm. I went back. And I, you know, I always do my head turn. Yeah. You know, I always do my head turn at the end. Yeah. I'll, I'll say my stupid joke and then I'll ponder it. Right. Yeah. So I just slow mode my head turn. <laughs> how much time will you like spend that. on on a post? Like I have a rule that. I, how much time will you spend on a post producing a post? You know, I don't. I I don't time it. I. Uh, and they're all different because some of them I'm doing commentary yeah. uh, because I've, I've done well, you know, kind of duetting uh, mm-hmm. videos that I find on Instagram, typically uh, other you know filmmaking videos, because I branched out a little bit to where I'll, because if I see that there's no one's do- doing videos discussing a poor man's process, show, right. They'll, they'll show it. But they won't tell the audience what's going on. So they're right. limiting their audience, right? Yeah. Because it's like, oh, well, this is strictly for filmmakers. Right. But when I started, I'm like, well, what they're doing here is this and this. So the prop man is over here shaking the car and then yeah. the, the the gaffer is spinning a light. Yeah. And, the, the you know, the, I just say what all is happening in the shot. Yeah. And those videos have done well. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And same with stunt, you know, stunt people. You know what I've had to worry with though uh-huh. is the uh, dangerous content violation, because even if you're showing a clip uh-huh. of a stunt, 
like from a, it could be Die Hard. That's it actually happened to me on Die Hard. Uh-huh. Well, I was talking about rubber glass that that's, you know, what they walk on. Right. Um, and uh, it got like a sensitive content page slapped on top of it, which totally it just pulls you off the FYP. It's just right. like you might as well not have even posted it. Right. And uh, so I've got to be real careful about because even in they they're in, in their community guidelines, they have added in there um, even fictional violence. So, right. it's so, so if it's a movie clip, yeah. See, yours, the problem with what I have to do, to, to go viral, I have to piss people off, which I'm not comfortable doing. Uh, you know, you have to say something controversial, but you don't really have to worry about it. I think you just go viral when you, when something's truly interesting that blows people away that, you know, the secrets that you reveal. Well, you know, I've, like I said, I'm doing that dance because I have, uh, uh, like I did a joke. It was mainly a dad joke, but I incorporated, it was about a rubber cinder block. Right. Where, uh, I throw the center. I, I show that the cinder block is rubber. And I said, we use these to keep the actors from getting hurt. And I threw it at my assistant and it hits him in the head. Mm-hmm. And then the camera goes to me. I'm just doing it all like this with my hand. Right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he, uh, then off camera, he just nails me with it at the end. Like mm-hmm. after I tell the horrible punchline of the joke, uh, he nails me with it. And I put in this, I foleyed in, which I'm like, I love doing. I'm an amateur Foley guy. I right. love taking the props that I have and trying to make sounds to it. Just, and just Looney Tunes stuff, you know, right. real, you know, over the top. But I, but in the app, though, the it's, it's actually hard to do that in the app. You're talking about well, adding I, sounds in the app, no? Yeah, I rarely uh, edit in the app. Where do you edit? What do you use? I just use like InShot on my. I just it's an app that I found that way. I'm not dealing with watermarks, and I'll just kind of in, you know, just in. It's called InShot. Yeah, uh, uh, I N S H O T InShot. I'll write this down. And I think oh. I pay like maybe uh, ninety nine bucks a year, but it's been worth every penny. And it's it's tools are easier for me anyway. So to do the because when you do a vocal, you know, well, it's it it's it says voiceover, but you record, you know, your sound, uh-huh. you can move it. You can move it around a lot easier. Yeah, because it's a real pain. And then you add the when you upload it to TikTok, then you add the uh, the captions. Is that how you or you yeah, add? The, yeah. It's well, sometimes I'll put them in. The ones in InShot kind of match the ones TikTok has. I mean, yeah. oh, maybe okay. not, but oh, it's worth a, it's worth giving it a shot. Yeah, uh, but that's just what that's just what I've been comfortable with. Interesting, and you don't use because there's CapCut, but you you don't you don't like that. I haven't. You haven't tried really, it. I haven't really tried it. That I much. see. Yeah, I'm more. I'm interested in whatever's the easiest. That's why I've been using shooting in TikTok and then uploading the Instagram. Only it's just laziness. It's just like I, the less I can do, the better. But maybe your yeah. way, your way might be better. Might be easier. I have to look into this. It's 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 worth trying. You know, it's a pretty easy to navigate. That's why I did it was because it was easier and it was easier to navigate. I thought than uh, TikTok, but yeah. Uh, when I, yeah, I just haven't gotten into CapCut. Right. Oh, interesting. So I'm learning something today. And so has this helped you professionally? I mean, it's nice to be recognized by your peers, but is it getting you work? 
Not really, because I've kind of been on the same gig. You know, it's like when when the strike's mm -hmm. over, I've got a series. I've got a season four of oh, okay. that season, you know, the show that I was working on. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, it's been, you know, the coolest thing is showing people and it's really a lot of kids out there, you know, but my mm. audience is like 18 to 34, probably similar to your audience. I think we probably yeah. have a lot of the same age range. Yeah. Um, I, um, it's people learning, Oh, wow. There's, I didn't know that profession existed. Yeah. And Ooh, this is a possibility for me, you know, showing them that it's yeah. out there and everyone wants to know, well, how do I get in the business? And I know you get that question probably yeah. 10 times more than I get it. And you just got to be tenacious mm -hmm. and proactive. And if there are no films shooting where, you know, where you live and you want to be on a film crew, you move to somewhere mm -hmm. that makes movies and TV yeah. shows. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be just L.A. anymore. It could be Atlanta. It could, mm -hmm. could be L.A., Atlanta, uh, Vancouver, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, New yeah. Orleans or uh New Mexico has a pretty good, you know, you could make a living. Now we talked about a little bit about imposter syndrome, but was there a moment even when, you know, like for, for me in the beginning, it was like, who am I? Isn't this app just for teenage girls? And, and yeah. And why am I, like, who, what, who might even be talking? Like, who cares about me? That's kind of how do you feel? Did you feel that way? Or, and are you over that? Yeah, I think I'm kind of over it. You uh -huh. get to where you, it really thickens your skin a bit. You know, you get to where because some people are like, like you said, there are those those trolls that it doesn't matter who you are, they're yeah. going to go after. Um, um, I did have one scary situation where um, have you have you dealt with any uh, kind of stalker situations? No, and I ho I hope I never do. What what was your story? Well, I'll try to be vague about it, but there yeah. was there was a, a guy got a hold of my cell phone number, right, and was just blowing it up, uh, and then texting, call, leaving long messages. What and I didn't call back because he didn't sound. Yeah, uh, I, it, it just it, there something wasn't right, and then right. these text messages that I got, uh, you know, worried me. And uh, I went so far as to go into, uh, you know, luckily, you know, with the show I was working on, I was friends with the HR lady and said, hey, what what do you I was like, hey, I know you've got to deal with that. Some of the actors yeah. have this happen. You know, what do you do? What did she tell you? <laughs> and, you know, and I just really it, it was almost like dealing with a troll in the sense that. I just it got to the point where there were profane messages left because of my not responding. Yes. But eventually it ended. Eventually it ended. But it, it, went, it went on for a year, a year and a half. And, but oh, my God. But you didn't take any. First of all, why didn't you block them? I did. And they called back from a different number every time. Every wow. time they called, it was a different number. And eventually they just got bored. You're saying I think and, I'm hoping. Oh, yeah, God, it's a nightmare. It really yeah. was. It was. Yeah. I mean, we're talking calls at eleven a.m., eleven p.m., two a.m. How does your family 
What does your family think about all this? Well, that kind of stuff, I tried to kind of not really worry them too yeah. much that it was happening. I mean, my wife, I told, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, the family's great. They're they're loving it. You know, they, they, they get a kick. Your kids are not, a, not embarrassed that dad's doing this. I no. think it's cool. No, cool. my uh, son, my son eats it up. He, uh, <laughs> he's, he's 12, almost 13. And, uh -huh. um, I, this is, this is kind of a funny, I accidentally made him a meme. Uh -huh. Um, <laughs> if and I'll tell you what, three years ago, I didn't know what the word meme meant. Right. So right. That's how backward I am. Um, so I did a video again with the, the rubber cinder block saying uh -huh. I was making a joke that, you know, uh, when you're a prop master, you're, you can't prank your kids anymore because they're desensitized to any impending doom, you know? And, and, uh, and, uh, so I said, Hey Watson, it, my, my son's going by on a scooter and it was all staged right. and I had him go by on the scooter. And I said, Hey Watson cinder block. And I throw the cinder block and he doesn't even flinch. He just keeps moving. Mm -hmm. It bounces off of him. Right. Well, like a year later, someone in, in the video did okay. It was real. It, pretty well received but i wouldn't say super viral or anything right but someone took that three second snippet of me saying hey watson cinder block and uh and they free they froze it right before the cinder block hits it right uh -huh. and it blew up i mean right now if you were to type in hey watson you, it'll probably finish your sentence and say cinder block oh, and wow. uh, you'll see hundreds of videos and then people did like fan videos uh, I bet there are 15 different animations of it. And um, there's a game in Roblox called Item Asylum. And one of the most deadly weapons in Item Asylum is uh, the cinder block. Uh -huh. And when you when you throw it, it's my voice <laughs> saying, hey, Watson, cinder block. Never got oh. a penny for it, I, but uh, I think it's funny. My, my, kid, my, my son was very proud. Oh, that's true. And yeah. And oh and then every YouTuber, I'm talking the top YouTubers, uh, were uh like Wilbur Suit Soot and Jimmy here and a lot of these big gamer YouTubers uh -huh. were uh there was the trend where they were doing the you laugh you lose uh -huh. videos. And it that that meme was in every you laugh you lose video oh, out there now you mentioned and it was you mentioned that uh you know you you're, that you've done a lot of i guess podcast interviews who's who's reaching out to you to try to have you on their get like and why why you know what's that what's the what's that about well i've done um you know it, a lot of times it's other uh tiktokers starting uh -huh. podcasts right um I did um, film festival, uh, like I did oh. a film festival podcast last week. Um, the prop uh, the the prop masters guild has a podcast. I right. did that one, but I did uh, like Erin. What's her name? Erin McGough is her name, oh. and she's like she's a documentary filmmaker. Okay. I can't remember the name of her podcast, but she's got she she. She's got one. I don't know. I've I've done quite a few. Now I'm trying to remember them all. Um, there have been just like general podcasters out there that are just kind of general, all purpose. They just go on topical things. Right. Um, 
I will say this. You know what I avoided was when rust happened. I yes. got a ton of calls. I bet. I got a ton of calls. And I kind of talked it over with my friend who's a line producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was like, man, I don't know if I feel comfortable taking these calls because I'm a prop master, not an armorer. However, mm-hmm. we are the ones a lot of times that hire the armors. Right. And uh, I was like, I, I'm so basically I turned down every interview because I didn't really want to get defined by that. You didn't want to wade. I would think you okay. So you didn't want to wade into the controversy, and you didn't want to. What else? I mean. Obviously, it's I a did, tragedy. Yes, I did one. I just didn't want to capitalize. You didn't on want to capitalize really. on it, right? That's I what it was, right? Plus, 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 uh, tie yourself to that, right? So if you're if you're doing all the if you're on CNN and uh, you know every major yeah. network talking about it, then you got to get connected to that. And I really didn't want to be connected to it in any yeah. way. Um, yeah, I did one. I, uh, I did a TikTok, like a three-minute one, uh, talking about a, a couple days after it, because mm-hmm. so many of my followers were like, come on, Scott, you got to weigh in. Right. So I weighed in on my TikTok and YouTube um, and just said, well, look, I waited till the sheriff's department had put out a statement mm-hmm. to where we kind of knew what what they say that the, the events were. Yeah. Because the first couple of days we, they kind of kept it hush hush. Right. And uh, so I read the sheriff statement and then I based my, what I said on that was what the protocols were. These right. are what well, the protocols that we use and they work. They, they are good protocols. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how we kept people safe for many years. Um, but uh they breached every protocol. They yeah. broke every rule in yeah. the book. Yeah. My personal opinion. And I just said, these are the protocols that we use. And these are, this is how they performed their duties. And this is, of course, resulting in. You know, I, I've never worked on a show. Guilt. I've never worked on a show. As far as I know, I've never worked on a show with live, you know, with, with, with weapons, uh, you know, with, with blanks. Okay. But we did do a show where we had a dummy gun. It was a rubber gun. And I remember having a talk with the AD saying, no, let's do a safety meeting. I want to make sure people know it's a fake gun and mm-hmm. still treat it as if it's a real gun. But I don't want anybody yeah. being scared. Let's just talk about it anyway. You know, this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm over the nervous. Yeah, for, for <laughs> sure. I always, yeah, we always try to do safety meetings on that. If, uh, if we, uh, even if we're using an airsoft or a yeah or a rubber gun, and um, but but I've I've worked with that's the whole thing. Conventional blade fire, you know, if you're working on a lot of, of action films, I've 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 been around it for the last thirty years. I don't personally like to armor mm-hmm. uh, to be an armor. I prefer prop master, and I'll always bring an armor on. So there's no so I'm not losing focus. Right. You know, but is there a, doing, a different license yeah. you have to have to be an armorer? Um, in, in LA there are, uh-huh. but there aren't a, a ton uh, outside of LA. It's just really? a very state to state. Right. Right. Yeah. And so and, and I can so see you really so producers really have to do their due diligence right. 
and making sure that they really check the resume and mm -hmm. do reference checks on the person they're going to hire. That's right. so important with that yeah. position. Well, for sure. But as with the stunt, stunt court, anybody like that, anyone where someone can get hurt, for sure. And so I can see you actually not wanting to be, I guess, the face of that controversy. I mean, is that what it was? Oh, yeah. 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 And I knew that there were other people that could weigh in a lot, uh, uh, be more informative than I could because I'm not a full time. I'm not an armorer. And right. there are other better people other better uh other people better suited for that than me uh you know there are several prop houses out of los angeles that have wonderful weapons departments and right. uh you know if you think about it there's I, I think i got it from new york times i the, i think the number is this since 1990 mm -hmm. i think it's 43 deaths have occurred on film sets in okay. the u.s Wow. Um, this isn't because there are a lot of other ones, but uh, uh, if you go worldwide, right? But uh, the uh, two of them were well, Brandon Lee was one, yeah, Helena Hutchins was the other. Those yeah. are the only two firearms related. Okay. The other, they're there. I mean, film sets are dangerous, you yeah. know, it's like there are, especially if you're on a, an action show. Where there's a lot of vehicles, there's uh, you know, most of those deaths were equipment related, mm -hmm. or you know, from falls, you right. know, people falling off of uh, rigging, uh, oh, okay. uh, motors, motorcycle, car, but not always stuntmen. A lot of them were uh, camera operators that, yeah. that got killed, you know, right. because they're mounted on those insert vehicles too. They're put uh, the camera department. They really. Yeah, uh, they put themselves out there and, yeah. and put themselves in dangerous situations. Yeah, uh, just as much as the stunt guys on occasion. Yeah, you know. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for those for all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just that's but but because it's firearms, and it was a a star uh, that it it's just it really put us uh, all prop and armor folks under the magnifying glass. Yeah. Right, right. It's an, it, that's very, you know, that's but, interesting. Yeah. So you just hope that it promotes positive change. If, yeah. if something's gonna good gonna come out of it, that's what it'll be. It's right. just people more aware, and because of that, hopefully, it it kept the worst accident from happening that would have happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> people, people also don't realize, you know, because listen, I, I, I don't, I'm not on set a lot. I'm usually. In the office writing but when i'm on set i'm like oh my god the crew like they, they work so hard <laughs> they were they work so hard for so long and then at the end of the day if you don't go over let's say you know sometimes you go over and then you mm -hmm. have to drive if you're out in the middle of nowhere you have to drive home or wherever you're driving to and then you go yeah. home and you unwind try to unwind for a second fall asleep as fast as you can because you got to go back to work the next day it's exhausting it's a hard it's not an easy life it's uh the crew works hard you know, no, no, but that's where segue into union, uh, uh, union standard policies, you know, before it was nine hour turnaround. Right. Um, which means from the time they call rap or no, I, I think it's from the time that you shut your truck when okay. you, when you actually physically leave, uh, when you physically leave the, the base camp or the right. set. Right. 
And then you're supposed to get nine hours. Nine hours isn't much, Nothing. especially if you've got a 45 minute or an yeah. hour drive home. Right, right. And then, uh, so now <clears throat> I believe it's, it's. I think it's pretty much a 10 hour turnaround across right. the board. But even that, it's like, Which, what people don't understand, so you race home after you're exhausted and then, you know, whatever, brush your teeth or whatever, and you hope to fall asleep as fast as you can because you don't have enough, you can't waste time. And you don't know it could be happening. You, your day could end at three in the morning. You don't know where your day ends. You could have a, you know, you mean splits. So what's rough is uh, uh, working on uh, Robert Rodriguez stuff, you know, troublemakers here in Austin, mm-hmm. their studio. And uh, I did, I worked on a show called Planet Terror. Uh-huh. And it was, this is before Machete, but that movie was a hundred percent night shoot. I yeah. mean, every bit of it to where you, it, I, I might've turned never, that down. <laughs> three months three months of yeah. working from 7 p.m to 7 a.m and a lot of yeah. those locations being a, a you know remote you know an hour plus drive and you knew uh, that, that going was, in though and you still wanted to do it yeah you I'm might older not have, and wise, i'm older yeah. and wiser now michael you might not have done it now like right i'm not sure i want to take it it's, it's a hard job working yeah. you know being you know you yeah the graveyard ship and, wow. and horror movies, horror movies are tough. That's a good point. Or on that's, prop people, because that, they're typically, it's, they're very proppy. There's going to be a lot of weapons. And it's going to be dark. Uh, and it's going to be dark, yeah. which is a lot harder to move around and get, you know, it's easier to hide from camera, but that's about it. That, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Wow. Scott, this is such an interesting conversation. I want to thank you so much for, for joining me today. Uh, I learned a lot. I want to tell everybody where they can follow you. So uh, all, is your, all your social media handles the same? It's Scott, Scott Prop and Roll? Scott Prop and Roll. Yeah. Uh, that's, all uh, that's TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Facebook. Go and uh, yeah, and YouTube. Well, you said YouTube. Did you say YouTube? And YouTube. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go, go follow him. It's such an interesting behind-the-scenes peek at... Uh, I don't know about the magic that goes and all the practical, which is so interesting. The practical, uh, not special, you know, not the uh, in-camera special effects, but the, the practical props mm-hmm. and stuff. Wonderful. You have such an engaging channel. Uh, and, you know, thank you so much for, for putting it all out there. It, it's, you're a great uh, watch on on all the on, on TikTok and Instagram. So thank you again, Scott. What a well, pleasure. I enjoy having following you. you. I enjoy everything you do as, as well. <laughs> thank all you, right. man. What a pleasure Thank being you. nice talking to you. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. So now we all know what the hell Michael Jam is talking about. If you're interested in learning more about writing, make sure you register for my free monthly webinars at michaeljammon.com slash webinar. And if you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please share it with a friend and consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. That really, really helps. For more of this, whatever the hell this is, follow Michael Jammon on social media at Michael Jammon Writer. And you can follow Phil Hudson on social media at Phil A. Hudson. This podcast was produced by Phil Hudson. It was edited by Dallas Crane. And music was composed by Anthony Rizzo. And remember, you can have excuses or you can have a creative life, but you can't have both. See you next week.